the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The epistle describes our salvation as our being adopted by God as his children. We were separated and estranged from God because of sin, but we have been reconciled with God through the cross and passion of our Lord. Through the gift of the Spirit, we have this privilege of calling God our Father or Abba, Father. We are able to communicate with the creator of the universe on intimate and familial terms. This highlights the fact that our salvation is essentially relational. We are saved because we have been restored to a new relationship with God in Christ. Christians too frequently think of salvation in merely legal terms, as though to be saved is to be freed from the punishment for sin. Once we understand that salvation is rooted in a restored relationship, we begin to look at faith differently. Living in communion with the Heavenly Father is different than trying to keep rules or behaving in fear of being punished for our failures. We are made whole as we live in the light of this new relationship we have with God as Father, just as our discontentment and emptiness is a result of our various disordered relationships. Because we are fallen people, we tend to interact with each other selfishly. We need and take because we are not whole and therefore not able to give. These disordered relationships form us. We learn to act and react in suspicion. We don't trust because our relationships have not always been trustworthy. We are afraid and anxious because we've been hurt or let down. Or we are arrogant because we have learned the sin of pride. When we come to know God as Abba, Father, we learn a new kind of relationship. While God desires a relationship with us, he does not need anything from us. Therefore, what he gives to us is a gift. God begins his relationship with us by forgiving us. We expect the condemnation and manipulation we receive from the world, 
but instead we experience grace. We expect God to be impatient with us, but instead we discover that God is long-suffering. We expect God to punish us, but instead we experience his discipline as loving correction from our Father. Many people have trouble entering into this new relationship with God as Father because their disordered relationships have made it hard for them to trust, and especially often to trust one called Father. Father issues are ubiquitous in our time. This is why faith, active faith, requires conversion of the heart. Conversion of the heart involves a new experience of this new relationship. For example, the woman caught in adultery in the eighth chapter of John's Gospel was dragged to Je by Jesus or to Jesus by the authorities. And as she came to these authorities, she expected judgment and condemnation. But Jesus forgave her. Quote, neither do I condemn you. Go your way and sin no more. She experienced the new relationship of grace, which provided for her a new relational pattern, a new experience that could be the foundation for replacing fear with trust. Many Christians who regularly say, our Father, do not really know God as Father. Not having experienced conversion of the heart, they interact with God according to the pattern of the disordered relationships that they know. Therefore, they're not really able to trust God. This is why relationships in the body of Christ are so important. It will be hard to habitually experience grace in relationship to a God we can't see unless we habitually experience grace in relationship to God's people whom we can see and with whom we frequently interact. Each of us is called to be a visible sign of God's invisible grace. As we each experience grace in relationship with God the Father, we learn how to administer grace to each other in imitation of God. We learn how to speak to each other in both truth and love. We learn how to correct each other without condemnation. We learn how to love each other in spite of our weaknesses. We learn how to see the good that God is doing in the other and not just the flaws and problems. When Christians do not 
habitually experience grace in a way that causes growth and change. The problem is frequently, frequently that they live in isolation from relationships, genuine Christian relationships in the new family of God. We must remember that the Lord's Prayer is our Father, not my Father. To have God as Father necessarily means that we have the members of the body of Christ as brothers, sisters, fathers, mothers, and children. That salvation is relational explains why the central activity of the Christian life is prayer. If salvation were a matter of keeping rules, then the central activity of the Christian life would be trying very hard to keep the rules. However, since the Christian life is mainly about a relationship, the central activity is that form of communication we call prayer. Relationships cannot be sustained without communication. We cannot be close to a heavenly father unless we learn how to talk with him and listen to him. Because we live in Christ, we are able to talk with God our Father and listen to God our Father in the same way we talk to and listen to other people. <coughs> of course, God is God and other people are people. But since other people are made in the image of God, the connection is more significant than we sometimes think. As we realize that all of our communication is either with God or with others who are made in the image of God, we will learn to communicate more frequently and with greater honesty and with greater reverence. It is sometimes thought that liturgical prayer, the formal liturgical prayer of the church, stands in opposition to the sort of extemporaneous and conversational prayer. This is a false notion. The liturgy teaches us how to talk to God, how to listen to God. The liturgy scripts out for us the perfect conversation and invites us to enter into that conversation with all our heart, mind, body, and soul. The liturgy teaches us that we begin our conversation with God by hearing God's law and recognizing our status as sinners. It progresses as we hear the word of God that tells us about Christ as the remedy for sin and moves us to put our faith in him. It comes to fruition as we remember the cross and passion of Christ and to offer ourselves to God in Christ and through Christ. The great resulting privilege is this. As our Savior Christ hath taught us, we are bold to say, 
our Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.